It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Support for this podcast comes from CDW and Dell Technologies. At CDWG, we get that migrating your agency to a hyper-converged infrastructure is challenging. Like me switching to decaf. Gotta do it, don't wanna do it, but gotta do it. Whoa, slow down, friend. CDWG's experts can help simplify your transition from legacy to hyper-converged infrastructure with Dell EMC solutions that offer speed and agility. Do it, do it. Have you done it? Is it done yet? Why isn't it done yet? IT orchestration by CDWG. People who get it. Find out more at cdwg.com slash EMC. It takes a lot to get excited about a bag, but most bags can't save you 20% on auto parts. That's 20% off headlamps, 20% off oil filters, 20% off virtually anything you can fit inside the 99-cent Napa reusable bag. So tell your buddies, there's a bag they just have to check out. Quality parts, helpful people. That's Napa know-how. Napa know-how. At participating Napa Auto Parts stores while supplies last. Minimum three items. Exclusions apply. Offer ends 10-31-17. This is the Locked On Bengals podcast. I'm James Erpine. Happy Tuesday to you. A lot to get to today, including Andy Dalton on his fundraiser yesterday that raised a whole bunch of money for his foundation, the Andy and Jordan Dalton Foundation. Really good organization. You'll hear from him in just a couple minutes on Twitter, at James Erpine, at Locked On Bengals. Subscribe on iTunes and Audioboom.com. Shout out to all the new followers on Twitter, all the new subscribers on iTunes and Audioboom.com. If you have Android, you can download the Audioboom app today. But I, I want to start with an email I received. And I received this email on Sunday, uh, actually Saturday morning. Mark Rouse emails and he says, James, I started listening to your podcast right before the draft. I wanted to hear your opinion on the depth of this team. I'm a pretty biased Bengals fan, but I really do think this could be the team to finally break our long playoff drought. I didn't feel the same way last year, but that was mainly because I thought the really bad playoff loss would linger. It was such a terrible emotional loss, I felt like it would take a year to get over it. Players could say what they want about it, but those type of uh, types of experiences stay with you whether you like it or not. Moving on to this year, it looks like we have the depth to be relevant come December and January. Injuries are inevitable, but when you have seven good receivers, three good running backs, and two good quarterbacks, this offense is going to be scary late in, your, late in the year regardless of who goes down. Our offensive line is clearly where we lack depth, but Andy has one of the quickest releases in the league, and our skill positions are going to be able to gain separation early enough to make our line play less relevant. Defensively, we seem pretty deep all around, but I admit I follow them less than offense. Typical offense-oriented fan here. I would love to hear you talk about this on the podcast, on the issue of depth, let me know what you think. First, Mark, I appreciate the email. When I when I say email me, stuff like that, I, I love it. James Erpine at ESPN1530.com. i got a few others that maybe we'll get to on later episodes. But, Mark, I think you, you're pretty much accurate for the most part. There's a reason I was hammering the, the John Ross and, from a football perspective, Joe Mixon. Because I thought those two players would fit right in with what the Bengals wanted to do. Now there were reports, and you will hear from Cody Core on tomorrow's podcast, reports that Cody Core looks even better, and Tyler Boyd looks better. And these receivers, well, let's be honest, they're pretty good. They turned a position of weakness into a strength. And I think when you have a quarterback like Andy Dalton, who I like a lot, he's not a great quarterback. So you need to be great around him. 
Joe Mixon has potential to be great. The wide receivers have potential to be great. Jeremy Hill and Giovanni Bernard could be very good, at least decent backs. Jeremy Hill looks slimmer. Giovanni Bernard still recovering from the ACL. But you're right about the depth. There is depth because last year the offensive line was an issue, but they couldn't run the ball. The, the depth at wide receiver went to hell real quick when A.J. went down. Eifert got injured, and then all of a sudden it was an offense that didn't have a great offensive line that lacked playmakers everywhere. Well, now they have playmakers everywhere. Eifert expected to be healthy. A first-round talent at running back, plus two second-round picks, and Jeremy Hill and Giovanni Bernard, who've been in this system for a long time. Jeremy Hill has to prove himself. Giovanni Bernard's been working his tail off trying to rehab, trying to gain strength in that knee and get back for the season. So you got to like the running backs. Wide receivers, you're right. They have seven wide receivers that could potentially make this team. When Alex Erickson, who was the, the preseason guy that everybody fell in love with, when he looks like he's your seventh wide receiver, you got something good. I mean... A.J. Green, obviously your superstar, your best player. You play him on the outside. Brandon LaFell can play inside or outside. Tyler Boyd's a slot wide receiver. I think he's poised for a huge year. Cody Core could play outside or inside. John Ross could play either way. Josh Malone they like a lot. I, Erickson's a great slot backup. So you have options. You have depth. So you're right. Now if A.J. Green goes down for a game or two, the offense might still be able to put up 20-plus points. I couldn't say that last year. In all nine of their losses, the Bengals scored 20 points or less. A lot of that had to do with injuries to Eifert and Green. Now if Eifert or Green go down for a couple games, the offense should be able to hold serve. The offense should be able to turn to Joe Mixon to carry the load. I expect Joe Mixon to have a Jeremy Hill-like rookie here. He might be slow coming out of the gates. They might try to unleash Jeremy Hill early. But eventually, he's the most talented back. He will take over. He will explode. He will prove to people that he's tremendously talented, and that's why they picked him. That's my prediction, at least as of now on June 6th. Could that change in a couple months? Yes, of course it could. But let's just say AJ's out for a game. Eifert misses two games. Jeremy Hill misses a game. The offense should be okay still. Brandon LaFell, Tyler Boyd, John Ross, Cody Core, and Tyler Eifert should be okay. Or... Take Eifert's name out, insert A.J. Green if Eifert's down. They should be okay. Will it be a huge loss if A.J.'s down? Yes. But now they have a bunch of guys that run 4-4s. They have a bunch of guys. John Ross is a great route runner. And as soon as he graduates, which, which I think is in the next couple days, he will be in camp. I assume he's going to be at minicamp next week, and he will be trying to get this playbook down. And, and I think he's going to play a lot. You heard from Jeff Hobson on the show or on this podcast last week, and, and he said that he expects jo John Ross to play a lot because I, I, that was my question. I was like, well, here we go. Cody Core's emerging, and they have Brandon LaFell and A.J. Green and Tyler Boyd. Is, is another first-round pick just going to ride pond? He was like, no. No, they're, they're going to definitely get him out there. They, they drafted him for a reason, and I like hearing that. So, Mark, you mentioned the offensive line, and the offensive line – Call me crazy. Call me optimistic. I don't think they're going to be great. I don't. In, in shocker there, right? I think they're going to be competent. Competent. That means they're not going to lose games for you. 
What did we say about Andy Dalton his rookie year? Oh, just take care of the ball, play it safe, just get through it. I think that's the standard for Cedric Abwehi, Jake Fisher, and the rest of the Bengals' offensive line. We know what they lost. They lost a pro bowler and the highest paid guard in the game who certainly deserved that money, Kevin Zeitler. They lost a, a future, if the Bengals had a Hall of Fame, a future Bengals Hall of Famer and Andrew Whitworth, one of the best left tackles in the game. That's what they lost. And they're replacing it with guys that are just okay, at best. But if they can be okay, I think that the Bengals' offense will be tough to stop. I think the Bengals' offense will be potentially unguardable if they stay relatively healthy. And the, the other thing here is the bar for the offensive line is set so low. So low. I mean, people think that they have the worst offensive line in the league. So if they end up with a top 20 offensive line, I think they win 10 games. That doesn't mean they're great. That means they're top 20. That's average, at best considered average, especially if you're in that second half back end, 15 through 20. But if they do that, that's enough. And I think the pressure, like it or not, is on the Bengals' longest tenured coach, even longer than Marvin Lewis, offensive line coach Paul Alexander. Ultimately, when you're a position coach and you look at that offensive line, and they're all his guys. Clint Bowling, he drafted. He's their best. Bang- he's the Bengals' best offensive lineman. Russell Bodine, he he loved Russell. They traded up to get him. Cedric Abwehi, Jake Fisher, his guys. Andre Smith, his guy. Paul Alexander has his guys in play right now. He's been here longer than Marvin Lewis in Cincinnati. So, if the Bengals are going to take that next step, if they're going to get back to the playoffs, if that offensive line is going to be competent, it starts with Paul Alexander developing his guys. It would be like James Urban just falling flat on his face with these wide receivers. They spent four draft picks in two years on wide receivers. Something tells me, just by looking at last year, Tyler Boyd, Cody Core, they're going to be productive NFL players. Something tells me John Ross is going to be a productive NFL player. Something tells me Josh Malone, they saw something in him. James Urban's going to get the most out of him. Right now, Paul Alexander isn't getting the most out of his guys. So to me, that's who the microscope should be on. That's who the public should be talking about. That's who they should be looking at. The other one, obviously, is offensive coordinator Ken Zampezi. And I talked about him as soon as the season ended. I thought he seemed over his head at times. I thought he seemed like he didn't know what the hell he was doing at times. And while the playbook is probably the same as it was when Hugh Jackson was here, Hugh Jackson brought an attitude. Hugh Jackson was his own guy. And what worries me about Ken Zampezi, he's waited so long for this job and he was passed up multiple times. He's been the quarterback's coach. He was the quarterback's coach for like 15 years. And I'm, I'm estimating there. It could be 13, could be 16. I'm off by a couple years. But he's the quarterback's coach for so long and they kept bringing in offensive coordinator after offensive coordinator in, in the Andy Dalton era. Obviously, it was Jay Gruden. Ken Zampezi was here before Gruden. And then Gruden moves on, gets a head coaching job, and Hugh Jackson gets promoted. That was the right move, but there's a reason Ken Zampezi was passed on. So that's what concerned me the, the day they hired him and they promoted him, and that's what concerns me today. There's no excuse for this offense not to be great. As far as defense, I think they're going to be pretty good. I thought they were semi-underrated last year. They have a lot of depth at corner. Say what you want about Adam Jones, but... 
when he's on the field, that he could play at a pretty decent, pretty relatively high level. There's a reason they paid Drake Kirkpatrick $52.5 million or signed him to that contract. Obviously, they haven't paid him that yet over five years. But ultimately, you have a lot of depth at cornerback. I mean, a lot. First-round corners alone, Drake Kirkpatrick, Adam Jones, William Jackson III, Darquez Denard. They have a lot of money invested there. Kavari Russell's a third-round pick that they have. Josh Shaw they like a lot. That's not mentioning Ben A. Ben Wickery, who's a free agent signing. So you look at these the, the, the cornerback room, depth there. Safety, there's depth there. Sean Williams, George Iloka signed. They're under contract. Darren Smith they like a lot. Clayton Fagellum they like a lot. Both drafted by the Bengals. Depth there. So to me, that's fine. As far as linebacker goes, I like Nick Vigil. I think he's going to get an opportunity. I'm glad they moved on from Ray Maluga. And the, the, the other positions, uh, I mean, the, the other linebacker spots, you got to love that Vontez Burfick's in a contract year. Saw him today. Looks slim. Looks fit. Looks like he's going to be ready to go. And that's scary for opposing defenses. Now, Vinny Ray might be coming off the bench because they signed Kevin Minner from the, the Arizona Cardinals. He's also in a contract year with something to prove. But Vinny Ray can play all three spots, as Joe Goodberry noted last week. So now you have better athletes out there with Vigil and Minner, plus you know what Vontez Perfect brings to the table, and then if you need that savvy veteran, that leader, Vinny Ray's there as well if someone goes down. So I like the Bengals linebacker room. And then last but not least, the defensive line. Michael Johnson has something to prove. Didn't look like he had anything left. They've drafted two defensive linemen. Carl Lawson, who's like a hybrid linebacker, pass rusher, gets after the quarterback. I think they use him a lot. I think he can be disruptive. He's certainly an upgrade athletic uh, with his athleticism. Jordan Willis fell to, to pick 73. I think that's a steal. Rocky Boyman, a guy I work with from 700 WLW, he, he played in the league 10 years. He's covered the league a long time and is an ESPN college football commentator, and he covered Jordan Willis. He wanted the Bengals. He thought that round two was good after watching Jordan Willis on film. Round two was good for Willis. Obviously, the Bengals got Mixon in round two. Willis fell to round three. He thought that was a steal. I did as well. You heard from Jordan Willis a couple weeks ago on this very podcast. So ultimately, the Bengals have gotten better everywhere, everywhere except offensive line. The depth is there on defense. The, the firepower is there on offense. I look, obviously you could put pressure on Cedric Abwehi and Jake Fisher. I put the pressure on Paul Alexander. He's been here a long time, 20 years. It's time for you to deliver with your guys. Also, Ken Zampezi. Those are the two. If they deliver, the Bengals will deliver, and they will return to the playoffs. I'm James Rapine. You're listening to the Locked on Bengals podcast. I caught up with Andy Dalton earlier today. It was myself, a bunch of other reporters, I think Jeff Hobson was the only one that was talking and asking questions during this part, but I wanted to, to get this in because I've been critical of Andy Dalton, and, and I try to be as, as honest as I can about my opinion of him. Love the dude on the field, off the field. He's, I don't think he's the greatest quarterback in the world. I think he's a good quarterback, not a great quarterback. And that aside, Andy off the field, the, the Andy and Jordan Dalton Foundation is one of the best things a pro athlete has done here in Cincinnati. Here's Andy Dalton talking about the, the event they had yesterday. Basically, it's like a celebrity waiter night. So they get a bunch of celebrity waiters, including Bengals players, and it's uh, all, all the proceeds go to his foundation, which benefit kids 
throughout the area. I love this uh, about Andy Dalton. I love that they do this. They've done it now for six years. You're going to hear Jeff Hobson. You're going to hear Andy Dalton. And it's all about the Andy and Jordan Dalton Foundation. This was earlier today in the Bengals locker room. Did you get a few waiters down there last night? I did, yeah. We had about, I think it was close to 15 guys. So, any good time. Get any rooks? Get any rookies there? No, because they, they were here for Marvin's uh, okay. camp yesterday. So, um, so no, another rook has made it out. But we, we, we had a good group. In, uh, did your receivers get out there? What did you say? Did your receivers get out there? Yeah, we had... Uh, TV was there, uh, AJ was there, Brandon LaFell was there, so they had a good group. That's turned into a pretty good, that's put, turned into a pretty solid event for you. It, it is, yeah, and we've gotten a, some, some great feedback from the people that, that keep coming back, and um, when people are wanting to come back, that's a good thing. Yeah. So what do you think makes it work? Uh, I think uh, the biggest thing is what the foundation does and our, our passion for the foundation, and I think people see that, and uh, see that you know, we we really want to help people in this community, and um, I think that's a big thing that, uh, that that people see and they want to be part of it. I think that's I think the first year was 2012, uh, 2000. This would be the fifth, I guess, right? All, all the uh, six. Six, don't yeah, yeah. So, yeah. Do the same people keep coming back? We've had uh, we've we've had a good group. Um, I'm trying to think. Last night I've heard I guess people come four or five years. So yeah, I mean people kept keep wanting to be there. So, a lot of support from the city, which is good. It's yeah. probably there. Is that your signature? Is that that's probably the big fundraiser? That's our biggest that. fundraiser yeah. that we do, and. Uh, where we raise the most money for uh, for our Pass It On Fund and the grants that we provide for uh, these families. So um, it was a great night last night. Do you know how much you raised, or do you find out later? Um, yeah, I think it was two hundred twenty-five thousand. So yeah, it was uh, the one night. Huh? Uh, yeah. What was the best memorabilia you had? What was the best memorabilia for you? I'm trying to think. Uh, we had a Kobe jersey. We had uh, there's a lot of like. Uh, there's some older like Pete, Pete Rose stuff maybe. Um, we had shit. We had trips. I mean, there's lots of different auction items. Do Dalton Green Balls get anything? Uh, yeah, we we auction those off. So you and him to sign them? Huh? Or you and him to sign or just yeah. you? We uh, I don't know if there's any that would both of us signed. But there's probably one or two that are both of us signed, but there's some that are individual as well. That's Andy Dalton earlier today in the Bengals locker room. You also heard Jeff Hobson of Bengals.com. And you, you could check out the, the foundation. A, a lot of people don't know about this, especially if you're not in Cincinnati. We have a lot of listeners outside of the Cincinnati area. Just go to andydalton.org, and, and you see the, the stuff that they do. He's done this for a long time, Andy and Jordan Dalton have, I think six years or so. And, and I'm just going to read the mission statement really quick. The mission of the Andy and Jordan Dalton Foundation is to provide daily support, opportunities, resources, and life-changing experiences to seriously ill and physically challenged children and their families in Cincinnati and Fort Worth. They raised over $225,000 yesterday during that Celebrity Waiter Night. Huge, huge benefit. You just heard Andy talk about that. And uh, just, just shout out to him and Jordan for doing that stuff because that's not something they have to do. And they do that, and they've done that for such a long time. And if you're looking for something to volunteer for an organization or something like that, I think that Andy and Jordan Dalton's foundation is a perfect way to go. Uh, on tomorrow's show, a lot to get to, including Cody Core. 
The reviews are in on Cody Core, and a lot of people think he thinks he look uh, thinks he looks faster, thinks he looks better, thinks he's improved. I asked him about that earlier today. You'll hear that interview tomorrow, as well as I'll get to a couple emails. We'll talk about the the future of the Bengals and so much more. Make sure you follow us on Twitter at Locked On Bengals. You can follow me at James Rapine. And obviously, obviously, subscribe on Twitter or subscribe on iTunes and audioboom.com. How the hell do I get the subscription wrong? I appreciate you guys for tuning in. Until tomorrow, I'm James Rapine. Thank you for listening to the Locked on Bengals podcast. Did you watch the 2020 Reds with higher expectations than a first-round wildcard exit of epic proportions? Did you think that the Reds hitting would come around with the signings that they made last offseason? Are you wondering who is asking you all of these questions? Hi, my name is Jeff Carr, and I host the Locked On Reds podcast each and every day, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Throughout the offseason, I'm going to take a look at these Reds, how they fix what didn't work in 2020, and how they continue their success in 2021. But wait, there's more. I'll also have interesting interviews with players, writers, and everyone in between talking about the Cincinnati Reds. Come join me on the Locked On Reds podcast each and every day.